Hey, hey, this is Ace in the Place Podcast. I am your host, Ace, and today is Monday, February the 21st. Welcome to the place, everyone. I hope all is well with you on this Monday evening. We are getting ready to start our work week off on a positive note. And today here with me, I have a guest. I have Mr. Brandon Lewis. Welcome to the place. Good evening, good evening. Thanks for having me. Okay, so um, Mr. Brandon Lewis is my husband. He's not a first-timer here to Ace in the Place. But because last week was Valentine's Day, and I talked a little bit about love, black love, and restoring relationships, broken relationships, because I think that when it comes to celebrating love and we put so much emphasis on these holidays, surrounding love and we put a lot of pressure on our relationships that are sometimes already strained. I think that it's important for us to really talk about the things that matter instead of just looking like our relationships are good, actually putting in the work to have solid relationships, not just romantic ones, any relationship in your life. And so I concluded the show last week talking about some ways and some strategies that uh, I have learned with trying to mend and, and um, fix broken relationships. So we, we are going to kind of start there, and I want to get a male perspective on just um, how you would go about trying to fix or mend a broken relationship. We have, uh, Brandon and I have been together almost nine years. And um, our marriage has been through some struggles the last couple of years. So we just want to offer up some things that we have learned or some things that we are trying to put into place to help others. So, Mr. Lewis, what, what, what would you say you think or what you have possibly learned about um, a relationship, let's just say, Maybe the trust is gone. There's several things that can go wrong in a relationship, romantic or a just any relationship that you have, right? So let's just say maybe the communication has been broken down, the trust, the intimacy. You know, there's several factors in a relationship that can, you know, be attacked or that can, um, what's the, what am I looking for? That can just be affected in a negative way. So what is your advice or what do you think some ways people can go about trying to mend the relationship instead of this era of just getting rid of people and just being like hey I, I don't like this so you know the relationship is over how can we give positive tips to try to deal with some things um, well let's see when it comes to uh friendships um i feel like there are some things you can look over and forgive well you, you should forgive everything um, that doesn't mean you're supposed to forget and it's okay to forgive people and not deal with them because if you tell somebody you, that you really care about them you really think you know cares about you if you tell them something that you don't like and you would say that they would love you and not forget it. If they 
they value your presence in their life. You know, if they care about you and they love you that much, they'll do something about whatever it is that they're doing to hurt you. Um, so I can later say, oh, well, that's just me and that's just how I am. But now you're saying F you. And so if you know that person that's saying F you, you got to ask yourself, do you love yourself enough to just stay or walk away from that relationship? Because obviously they don't value you enough to try to change the way they view you. Um, okay, not don't mean to cut you off. I just heard you take a slight pause. I want to stick to the topic at hand. Now, I understand where you're coming from, but the question was, we're talking about fixing relationships. We're not talking about those relationships that you, you you're, that you have severed because you, uh, no, you feel however there. you I'm, feel. I'm going there. I was going there. Okay. Because I didn't want to just make it seem like it's just one-sided. Um, you have people, in my case, you know, I realize I'm not perfect when it comes to a lot of stuff. Let's just say, you know, someone takes me in a place to where, you know, they take me outside of my character. Um, I shouldn't blame them for that. You know, I should still hold myself accountable. And with that, that means I should know how to apologize. Um, that's the number one thing that people need to learn how to do is that with uh, mending relationships, mending broken relationships. You gotta learn how to apologize. You gotta hold, learn how to hold yourself accountable. Um, you can't say, "Oh well, if you hadn't have done this, then I wouldn't have done that." Or if you hadn't have said this, I wouldn't have said that. You know, so we are still we're we are all adults. We need to learn how to just say, "Hey, even though that did happen, you know, I know me. I know that's not how I roll, and I messed up, and I apologize." Also, learn how to just start looking at just just start looking at ways that you can know you know you can just go about doing stuff a different way for somebody you know just I can go all day long about this but I don't want to you know bounce around from place to place but I just learn how to check myself when it comes to a lot of stuff um I just learn how to shut up I learn how to just you know look in look at myself in the mirror and realize I ain't perfect. That's what kind of just helped me with mending relationships that are meant to be mended. Um, and it doesn't, it shouldn't be one-sided thing. Whoever you're trying to mend a relationship with, they need to meet you halfway. Regardless if you were all the way in the fault. They really care about you and they really, you know, forgive you and everything like that and want to move on from it. The, the relationship is that solid. Stick with it, you know what I'm saying? Help on out. You know, I miss you too, bro. Well, I miss you too, sis. Come on, you know, and not even bring it up no more. And then it might be some times where you got to just, you know, agree to disagree. Some stuff you can agree to disagree on. Some stuff you're just like, you know, zero tolerance. But, you know, some stuff you don't have to always see, the eye, see eye to eye about. So, you know, that's what I do. Okay, so... um in terms of, let's just say, romantic relationships, people that maybe have experienced a spouse cheating um, or, you know, uh, financially, maybe there are some struggles. They're not seeing eye to eye. They're not able to build. I'm just throwing out 
different examples that a relationship can go through, right? What would be something that you would think could be put into place? You just said accountability. That's that's I think that's very important first and foremost. And then apologizing. Just to add to that, um, with an apology, it's very important that we change the behavior. Um, if you are consistently apologizing and then you're going back and doing the same thing, that that's not really moving things forward. So let's just say somebody cheated in a relationship. If they apologize, great. They actually might mean it, right? But then if they turn around and cheat again, it's like, ah, okay. Like, what does that apology mean at this point? And am I going to keep trying to accept the apology without the changed behavior? So I think that when we say hold ourselves accountable, one, and then two, apologizing, um, and oftentimes, I think under uh, most or some circumstances, I don't want to say most, but some circumstances, when we apologize, people do do tend to apologize and hold themselves accountable as well. That's why sometimes it's a struggle for people to be the quote-unquote bigger person and step up and say sorry first. Because a lot of times you will get that apology if you extend one first. And it's always that struggle of who's going to say what first. But back to relationships, like, um, aside from just holding yourself accountable and apologizing, um, what are some things that maybe, you know, like I know sometimes people be like, oh, well, you know, they she won't he or she won't stop bringing up the past. Like say somebody cheated in the relationship, right? And you've decided to take the person back or work on it or keep moving forward with the relationship. If if the behavior hasn't changed, you know, how do you how do you feel like, you know, maybe some type of grace or patience should be extended to the person? Or, you know, what what is your opinion on moving forward with things aside from just accountability? Like what do you feel like uh, people can do if they if they mean that they want the relationship? But let's just say it takes time for people to heal from things. And let's just say the person hasn't healed or forgiven you just yet, but they're saying, hey, I still want the relationship. Well, you already know how I feel about the relationship. I don't think nobody can heal from the relationship. It's a general I know. It, but when it's, it comes to that doesn't to, pertain to us, we're just saying in general know, things that could go wrong in a relationship, right? Because a lot of people deal with that nowadays. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I'm just gonna speak for myself. Um, let's just say, like I just said before. And check myself. It could be so much stuff that I could speak on, but I'd rather not because there ain't nothing but the devil. You know, I've noticed that when I don't say much, my life is a lot more peaceful. And it could be times that I could speak on something that I see, whether if it was the stuff that happened in the past. So, you know, we're not supposed to be bringing up the past. We're supposed to be, you know, moving forward. And it could be something I, I see, like a red flag. People may think it's a red flag. And when I don't say anything on it, you know about it, let the time pass, it was just, it was nothing. It was nothing for me to trip on. Um, 
I just feel like when you know when you want to mend a relationship, you gotta give role to error to get people to benefit of the doubt. Also understand things will never be the same again. too many positive images of black people and even especially black men uh, in the media nowadays and that's very relevant now I think to uh, building and keeping the black family structure or rebuilding the black family structure because you know everything has been kind of stripped apart strategically right but if we want to start somewhere I I'm a firm believer of starting with rebuilding the black family, right? Uh, the politician is not going to do it for us. The justice system is not going to do it for us. We're going to have to figure out how to keep the family together. And if we can't even get along with one another and figure out how to have better relationships, and I think a good portion of that starts with loving ourselves. But if we see these things in the media and these certain images and things are embedded in us, from a very young age of not loving ourselves, how can we fully understand and know how to love another person if a lot of the times we are in denial about how we really feel about ourselves? So my question to you is, how important do you think that um, the images that we see from the media and TV is to um, is to the children and, and just adults as well, not just not just children, but how much does it influence, one, our self-esteem and how we interact with one another as, as a race? Well, you know, social media and all the other stuff that has a lot of control to our lives. Um, Not just social media. I just want to clear that up. Just the news, yeah, teaching, said, just said, every said, aspect of your life. Yeah, just everything. Just everything that we see, you know, TV, the news, just everything. Um, the black family. Man, it starts with us. It starts with us. Um, I think we okay a lot of stuff that just ain't okay. Um, we we have to stop we have to start calling our so called peoples out. Um Folks would get around somebody, let's just say if it's a married woman or a married man, whatever, have you, and they get around and they sit there complaining, they venting to their single folks about what's going on. And that single person, they ain't going to sit up there and, 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 you know, say, hey, man, stay with the, you know, keep your family together. They ain't going to motivate them. They ain't going to, you know, encourage them. None of that. You know, that's what's sick. Um, 
a lot of us are we come from a co-parenting household. And we gonna always get the shorter end of the stick. You know. And when we grow up, have kids of our own, and stuff don't work out in relationships, we thinking, oh man, I'd be alright, my kid'd be alright, because I turned out alright. But you did, man, you ain't alright. I think that we need to start encouraging folks want, you know, staying in their relationship. You have a kid, man, work it out. Don't have your kid, you know, growing up, going from house to house. It's not cool. Because we all missing something. You grew up with with your mama most of the time and saw your daddy here and there, you was missing something. I know I did. Okay. So then let me ask you, and I think a part of this platform and a part of us having these conversations are to encourage people to heal from those things that we experience as children and then um, change, ultimately grow uh, to be better so that you can. Because two parents being in a, a dysfunctional household is not, uh, better than you, quote unquote, being raised in a single household that is that is a healthier space. So we can't necessarily say that uh, we want to keep the family together, but the the goal is to have a healthy family. That I agree, is productive. but that's that's what I was basically saying. That's all under one umbrella, right? Well, but, I think we need to make that clear well, because when people fine. think about, hey, I can just go off but and when go I say, my own But thing, when I say something about staying together. A lot of families break up because of people's pride. They thinking they can do some stuff that they by themselves that they know they can't do. You will have mothers taking their kids away from the daddy, thinking the daddy don't matter. He don't have a say so or a place. And you know, that's that's sad. That's sad. You know, take the you know again, take the kids away. And daddy like dang, and there's there's actually some great fathers out there. But I know some ain't shit dads out there, but I know some great fathers out there. Um, but the ones, the, the great fathers, they usually, they the ones that get the short end of the stick. And they get that short end of the stick for mothers that didn't have their daddies around, didn't have good relationships with their daddy. So they don't see the, <laughs> they don't see the positive in their kid having their dad around. So, I mean, it's just, it's just stuff like that. Um. Growing up, <clears throat> you know, if it's a single mother grazing their kids, you know, the mother's going to always make sure their sons respect women. But it ain't never really, be, I never really seen a situation where the mother is making sure the daughter is respecting men. You know, I mean, it's a lot of stuff that we just don't talk about. You know, we get on our parents about certain stuff, but, you know, some of our parents just plain old don't know. Some of them know and don't want to change. Now that's the one. That's the part that's sad. You know better, and you just still don't want to do better. You're just stuck in your ways. You don't care who you hurt behind. Um. So it. I think social media and the news and everything they just glorifying stuff. Everything the stuff that's going on right now has been going on for years. <coughs> they just glorifying. Glorifying. I agree. 
I think that a lot of the things we're experiencing, we listen to old videos. I was talking about a video from 1988, and it's a lot of the same things we're dealing with now. You know, you hear Tupac's lyrics, and you listen to Biggie's lyrics, and we're still experiencing a lot of the same things now. So, again, I agree, but I think that we still need to try to positively have these conversations to figure out how we can come up with solutions instead of just being like, well, hey, that's the way it is, or that's the way it's just going to be. Like, no, we need to encourage each other to um, to do better, I, I ultimately feel like. But to switch, it's still the same topic, but to kind of switch over a little bit. So I saw in the news there's been a lot of talk about uh, – because I, you know, I go over celebrity news as well. There's been a lot of talk about Kanye and Kim Kardashian. And I recently saw something about, uh, I guess, Chloe did, uh, she was out with North uh, West, no, Chicago, excuse me, wrong child. She was out with Chicago over the past week or so, and she posted a couple of pictures of them side to side. And Kanye went to Twitter and social media. Now, you know, celebrities, they do that, right? Me, personally, I would encourage um, not to take personal family problems to social media. But again, these are celebrities we're talking about, right? You know things, they post things, and the news and the media and all these tabloids, they go crazy with stuff. So he took to social media saying that he had an issue with uh, the pictures that Chloe posted of his daughter, and not just... I think he took to social media because it wasn't the first time that he had, you know, something to say about this particular topic. And from what I read in the article, um, these were some concerns of his before they split. So it's kind of some things that, you know, he felt the way about. And that's, you know, for the little girls, I guess his daughter wearing makeup. I guess a few times um, Kim Kardashian allowed her to, have on some makeup because she has her own social media site. I mean, you know, social media account. And, you know, he felt like that was inappropriate. So in terms of this is this particular situation right now, they're separated. So they're mm-hmm. more on a co-parenting. So now that's why I say we've kind of switched gears from uh, trying to keep the family together. Let's just say someone has split. They decided to go their separate ways. What is some some better ways that we can co-parent, right, um, in situations like this where, and it, not even just, let me take it a step further, it's not even just about uh, someone being split, you know, being separated. Let's just say you and I don't agree with something when it comes to parenting for Ari, right, because that can happen, it's possible, right? If I feel like, hey, you know, she's ready to start wearing nail polish or whatever the situation is, and you're like, no, I don't think so, right? We can go, you, whether we're together or not, we can have these issues when it comes to parenting. So we need to figure out, like, what is the best way to come to some type of compromise and some type of um, solution? Because I feel like while I understand where Kanye comes from, and a lot of people were getting on Twitter, you know, people make their comments. Some people felt like, you know, hey, I understand where he's coming from. Some people were like, look, he's being too hard on the little girls. It's just an Instagram filter, right? And she's she's a young age. I think a lot of time, everything is about perception. And young children, a lot of times, they're still innocent. They don't see putting on lipstick as being grown or acting grown, right? If she sees her mother do these things, 
she's just mimicking what her mom said. And while we put that in our heads, like, no, she's being grown because makeup is for older people, as a child, she's just looking at it like, hey, I'm playing in the makeup because this is what mommy does, and we're bonding with each other. So I can understand how taking things to social media, again, might make it look a different type of way. But I think innocently, a lot of times, even, you know, we heard about the kitchen set with the little boys wanting the kitchen set, right? I think innocently as a four, three, four-year-old, I can't necessarily say that that's a sign of him being going the other way because let's just say he's around a parent who's always in the kitchen. You know what I mean? Like he's going to want to, he's going to be enticed to want to do that because mommy does that all the time or daddy does that all the time. So he might not necessarily, it might not be anything other than I like to do what mommy or daddy does because kids are innocent in that way a lot of times. They don't know the dangers of the world, right? We think about makeup being too grown or you being fast, don't wear these shorts, don't do that. That's because of the world and the experiences that we went through that paint our images of it. But as a child, they just look at it like, hey, I'm just putting on these, I'm just playing with this kitchen set. Hey, I'm just putting on this makeup. So I guess I would say my question to you is, you know, how do you feel about parents having difference of opinions when it comes to certain things of the children and how do you come to a compromise with that? Um, well, I can say when I was growing up, um, of course, my parents didn't make it, but they can always agree on something in the sense of parents can be in a rush, especially when it came to discipline. Um, the respect has to be there. I think parents will have to want the same things for their child. Like that has to be like the end goal. Um, and that's it. It has to be about the kid. What's best for the kid. Not what the mommy feels. Oh, I think I want my baby to have this on. Or the daddy, like, oh, I want my son to do Sometimes you just got to ask kids what they want. Sometimes we put stuff on kids that they really don't want. You know, parents be so caught up into parenting and want the best things for their kids, they flip and end up living, try to live their wannabe lives to their kids. Right. But that's the thing I would say. Well, I'm I'm coming, we're coming close to our time, so we're going to have to wrap up. But I think that in terms of, uh, you know, and with most relationships, there has to be a little bit of compromise. Uh, while I do, I, th- I think that we should acknowledge that there is a double standard when it comes to little boys and little girls in terms of what is, quote-unquote, acceptable for a little girl to do and what is acceptable for a little boy to do. Because, again, people were making comments about Kanye doesn't say anything about the two sons that he has. It's always, you know, the two daughters, and that's just... It's I'm, just... I'm going to tell you as a man, as a man, there is a reason why I got to do it. There is stuff out here that goes on out here that aren't meant for women to handle. All right? No, y'all smart. No, y'all smart. <clears throat> but there are some men out here, there are some little boys out here that turn that grow to be men that got their minds ain't right because of who they around. And certain stuff just can't fly when it comes to females because 
y'all are emotional creatures. And if y'all think off y'all emotions around a predator or just somebody that ain't right, it ain't gonna end well. Um, and I've talked to you know my my coworker about it. He said, "Man, growing up, it was the same way with me and my my sisters. My sisters, they my mom used to tell my sisters they couldn't be all out with me and my brothers running the street." Girls were getting pregnant out there, all kinds of stuff. They were having gang parties, and the gangs, the girls would be coming around thinking they was all in. It was really groupies, and they was getting passed around the gangs. They don't talk about that stuff. This stuff used to happen. So that's why girls can just be all out, all willy-nilly. They slip something in your drink. Like, a lot of stuff happens. Then you got women that they grow up. Little girls grow up, and they don't say nothing. Cause they too traumatized. We can go all day long about it, but that's why it seems like boys get treated differently than females. Well, I mean, that's kind of a given. Women, we are the, the givers of life. We carry the children. It, it's a difference. Anybody that's not acknowledging that, I know we want to be equal. I'm not saying that we cannot be equal on certain things, but we always need to acknowledge that there is a difference uh, when it comes to certain things and I think for the children if it's innocent for them let it be innocent for them don't put your 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 trauma and all your upbringing and some of the things because sometimes it's not that deep for a child however you do need to educate your children for any choice that they decide so let's just say you know your kid want to wear a crop top or something it's like okay no you know for you it's like you're sexualizing, or you have your stomach out, and you know some, a, a person that is perverted that looks at young children in that way is going to see you in that way. But the child doesn't know that, and they don't know anything other than I just like this top. So I think if they're of appropriate age, maybe not, you know, a small age is just no, don't wear the top. You're not going to wear it. But I think if they're appropriate age, you understand, then you explain to them. It's okay for you to like the things that you like, but I need you to understand that there are certain things that come along with that. You need to be prepared that, you know, if you wear this, someone might sexualize it in a different way. It doesn't mean that it's sexual, right? Just having this top on doesn't necessarily mean just like twerking or whatever. Like twerking, we make that a sexualized dance. That's that's dance of all cultural, right? If you date back to the night to eighteen thirties or whatever, like they were dancing in Africa and twerking, essentially, right? But it's a cultural thing, and it wasn't sexualized for them. So, But we've made twerking a sexual thing now. So it's it could just be perceived as a dance, but I think it, as long as you're educating the child of the possible negative things that could come along with their behavior, even if they don't mean it to be that way, then you just got to make them aware, just like with the police. We all know. You got to talk to the police a certain type of way in order to get home, be, you know, be safe to your family. But it doesn't make it right. It doesn't mean that they should just be treating you any type of way. It doesn't mean if you stand up for yourself that you're wrong. But you have to understand the consequences that can come with that. And you need to be prepared to stand behind whatever decision that you choose to make. That's all I really wanted to say about that. But is there anything that you would like to wrap up with just on anything that we talked about? And just kind of give some um, some final words for the listeners. <clears throat> um, we have to stand 
earliest times we had to stick together. Going through any kind of issues with your family or whatever, married or whatever. I'm not saying I, I make it work. I don't think it's cool for me. Me and Becky, we out here on our own. We deal with our stuff. I'm not saying everybody just partner up or anything like that, but we just got to learn how to deal and be realistic about what we ask for, especially if anything takes us like 23 years to do that. We ain't trying to risk reciprocate that over here. That's all I have to say. All right. Thank you, honey, for joining us here this evening. So I just want to leave you all with, this is a tweet from Ayama Van Zant, and it says, when you look at yourself, accept who and what you are and love yourself unconditionally, your spirit is empowered. So I'm just going to leave you all with that positive quote for this evening. Have a good week, everyone. I will see you here next week. I love you guys. Peace.